Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. So the last couple of weeks we've been uh, listening to the words of the Apostle Paul from Galatians, but this week we're going to take a break because it's Thanksgiving and I'm nothing if I'm not a traditionalist. <laughs> Just joking. Um, Thankfulness is a virtue. That's a little phrase I thought I thought was uh, appropriate. And I want to talk about both the thankfulness and the virtue and those things involved in, in that. In James, the first chapter, verses 16 and 7, 17, James uh, tells us this. Be not deceived, my beloved brethren, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom can be no variation, neither shadows, that is cast by turning. Well, most times I find that folks are thankful for what they have. Sometimes folks aren't thankful at all, but Typically they are. Or the things they've been given. Even the basics of life we are sometimes thankful for. Then we consider who it is we should thank. And now life gets complicated. <laughs> Remember, according to James, God is only responsible for all good and perfect gifts. You know, I've had some things given to me that were not good or perfect. <laughs> so don't blame him for that. And sometimes we need to thank other people. Let's not forget that. We can thank God, too, for a good gift. But many times other people are involved in the things that we need and really, really would like to have. Now, even if we do all these things in good order, there's still something else I think that we should be thankful for. If we are Christians, if we are under the covenant and the blood of Christ and responsible to the God of heaven, there's another thing. Let's, uh, I'm going to read from... Luke 10, I don't know if this is in our outline or not. Luke chapter 10, the uh, 70 men that Jesus sent out to preach the nearness of the kingdom came back to him and they were very excited. This would include the apostles, but many other men went out also. <clears throat> and listen to what, what happened. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in thy name. And he said unto them, 
I beheld Satan, fallen as lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Nevertheless, in this rejoice not. Did you hear him? Rejoice not in this, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice that your names have been written in heaven. Boy, he brought him back to uh, the reality of things, didn't he? You see, that's what's important. And when we're going to be, when we're thankful, if we're going to be thankful every morning, let's be thankful for that, because that is really what makes the difference. Be truly thankful. So this is why thankfulness truly is a virtue in light of if we are right thinking or not. For if we keep our minds upon the things of God, we will be truly thankful. Now that that word uh, virtue there, uh, we find also in in uh, Second Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. See if Alec gets it up on the screen here. Now, we've read these here not too many weeks ago, but this is just one of the verses. Yea, and for this very cause, adding, to your, adding on your part all diligence in your faith, supply virtue. And in your virtue, knowledge, and on it goes. You see, as we try to become a person of virtue, we do so by example, by in imitating our Lord in word and deed, in conforming our nature to be like the nature of our God in heaven. And this is the task, if you will, that you'll spend a lifetime working upon. But it must be done to bring glory to our Creator. You know, faith is where we start. Now, our faith builds as our understanding builds. Uh, but we add to that faith virtue. Don't think that your faith eliminates you from having to deal with the idea of virtue. We need to be virtuous and many other things as a child of God. Now let's read from a portion of our text that I've selected in uh, Philippians. Uh, I just love this chapter. Um, well, almost everything in Philippians is, is uh, it's so emotional. That, that's what I get from it. You know, I've received, you know, not too many letters, but when a, when a letter has an emotional aspect to it, you really feel it, don't you? And you, you don't forget it. But I see a lot of emotion in this letter to the church in Philippi. Just the first three verses in chapter 4 to get us started. 
Wherefore, my beloved, um, wherefore, my brethren, beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my beloved. I exhort uh, Eudius and I exhort Sentius to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yea, I beseech thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women, for they labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now we're back to that phrase, book of life. Wherefore is the way it starts. In other words, because of the things he's written before, when the letter started, all the way up to this point, wherefore, what I say now refers to to the context of my letter. And Paul's joy um, and his crown, he says, are very dependent on them holding fast their faith in the Lord. The stars in his crown, I guess we could say. Standing fast in the Lord. That's what we pray our brethren do, that our families do, that those around us do. All of the brethren in Christ are very very closely related to each other in every way. And this we need to realize. I used to say back in the days when I dealt so much with the evolution uh, creation subject that none of us are much further or any further away than first cousins because I I believe in Noah's sons. Mm -hmm. And they populated the world. So cousin, let's not forget each other. That's how close we are. I can't, I'm not going to take it in from anybody that I'm another race from you. No, no. There's one race of men, according to God, the human race. Don't try to separate me from somebody else. That's where, I mean, how many problems would be solved if we just got rid of that nonsense? But Paul makes reference here to names in the book of life. The same thing that Jesus said to the 70. And who are those whose names? Well, those are that have part in ministry to the saints. Well, that doesn't mean the preacher. Ministry is serving each other within the family of God. That's the ministry of Christ. But what joy he exudes. And he can't contain himself because it goes on in verse 4. And I like the emotion of this. Uh, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your forbearance or gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now this was a message for them at that time. In nothing be anxious, but in everything, in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. 
and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. A lot of familiar passages in, the, in there, isn't it? We've, we hear that all the time about the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Why rejoice? Why rejoice? We should rejoice because of the relationship that is available to the children of God and the Father of lights. But we're not using it all that well. We should. It's available. It's been made available. And there could be no other Nothing else should ever compare to that relationship. And then in your prayers, here here we have all kinds of prayers mentioned here, Uh, both prayers or vows and petitions towards God. And my, my thinking here is that your thoughts as you're praying should be mingled together with with praise and thanksgiving requests, and a real vow as to what you are pledging to do within the kingdom of God for his children and for those that are um, in need within the family. We need to think about this. This is a communication that's available to the child of God. You know, if you was, had been a Jew uh, 2,500 years ago, you'd have to go find a Levite to offer a prayer for you in, in a specific way. Being a child of God today in the covenant of the church under the blood of Christ, we have access through our mediator, who is Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ. And he speaks on our behalf. This peace that that we talk about uh, here in the scriptures is a peace that passes all understanding of men, that is. (laughs) We can't understand it um, even though we look at it. But here's the, the elements of that peace. The real peace that we all seek is this peace. You might say, well, that's not the peace I'm looking for. I'm looking for peace on earth. Well, you know, even if somebody's not shooting a gun at you, friends, you still may have a problem with living in peace. So that can't be everything. This is the peace we're looking for. To have our hearts guarded by God. And our thoughts guarded in Jesus Christ. This is real security. And I think this is what the world needs more of. We, we can write another song about the world, what the world needs now, but, uh, and I've heard a couple. It's not necessarily just health, wealth, or position, but real peace. You think about it and you study it out, you find out what peace really means. Peace to me is settled in spirit and content with life as it is. 
dealing with it day by day. If you have that peace, there's nothing that's going to come your way that's going to upset you and drive you away from the presence of God because you're disappointed. That's the peace that allows you to be settled because you have, you have knowledge of God. And these are real promises. The apostles talking about real promises and a real reason to be rejoicing, a real reason to be thankful for everything God has provided, but mostly that your name is written there. You know, we don't sing that at him anymore. Is my name written there? I haven't looked at it lately. It's probably got some things in it that may be a little out of, uh, not according to Scripture. But I like the idea of remembering that. So my last point today, how can we remain thankful, faithful, and at peace? How can we remain that way or how can we get that way? And we get that way by being in Christ, but remaining there is also a task that we need to be aware of. The last uh, verses here in Philippians I'm going to read is 8 through 9, then I'm going to reread 9. Because there are some items in here that this is the, if you're looking for a formula of what you should be thinking about, concentrating on and dealing with daily. If you deal with this mentally all day, you can also sleep better at night. Okay? I know because I've done this. So it works. And I knew it worked because of where I read about it. Verse 8 and 9, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. The things which you both learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Boy, those are powerful verses. Let's look at each one of those words. There's eight of them. True, whatsoever things are true, that is genuine, authentic, God's word, the words of Christ, those are the things that are true. You know, if you constantly are thinking about the words that are untrue, that people are saying, that's all you're going to be. Think about the true things, and the false things fall away quickly. Honorable, suitable thoughts, things suitable to think about. Just equals true to God's judgment and will. Whenever we think of being just or justice, think about 
how God would judge it or has judged it. That should guide us very well. Pure, which is actually holy or faultless thinking, without stain, without spot. Lovely, that's not a word. You know, a number of these words are only used in this passage in the Bible. I didn't. I should have put a little asterisk by him, but I was shocked. Only here. Hmm. That that that's interesting. Lovely is acceptable, pleasing thoughts. Is that what we want in our head? We do. Good report. Well spoken of, gracious in nature. Those are the things that we should consider as far as good report. Now the next two, virtue and praise, because they start with the, uh, if there be any, it's, it's, a, it's a condition here as far as the language goes, the condition of a first class statement. Think about this. This is very important. Virtue. In other words, imitate the nature of God. Didn't we hear Paul say in verse 9 about the things that they have learned and received and heard and saw in the apostle? These things do? Well, he also said in another place in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I believe, or the end of verse 10, imitate me as I imitate the Lord. All of this fits together, friends. And this is what virtue is. If you're going to imitate something, imitate the nature of God. But you make sure you know what the nature of God is, though, before you start imitating it. Praise, if there be any praise, which is really approval, a heartfelt approval of God. When we praise God, we are approving of God in every way, conforming and submitting our lives to him. Now these are subjects that our minds should dwell on. Not the, not the temporal things. You know, there's time to think about temporal things. We've got to think about certain things that are temporal. I mean, when we get in our car and drive down the street, don't close your eyes and have a prayer. <laughs> okay? I mean, let's, let's not be silly. We deal with the things of this world because we must. It's part of our, it's part of our uh, stewardship to God and to those around us. But dwelling on things in your mind, and you know what I mean. Have you ever dwelled on something that you shouldn't, you really should not be dwelling on? It is torment if you continue with it. Don't do that. That's how people, I swear this is what happens to people when they just step out of reality and go off into some kind of complete nonsense. They don't have these things that they should on their mind and dwell on it. The things of the world, the temporal things, they're going to fade away, every one of them. But the remedy for contentment is here. It's what the apostle is telling us. God knows how, what we need to be thinking about. 
He made us. He knows our mind. He knows our heart. He knows what it is. Now, let's reread. Why can't I say that? Verse 9. The things which you both learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You know, the idea of thanksgiving, rejoicing, and peace, they all just seem to go in the same basket for me. Because if I'm thankful for anything, I'm thankful for the fact that I really can have peace in this world. And you know, it's it's an... It's sometimes it seems like maybe it's enough for you to have peace, but you look around and you, you want others to have peace too. You want them to be thankful. The apostle is making it very clear, if we do these things, we're going to have a good outcome. So the idea is, are these things too hard to do? God has said we can do them. The apostle's teaching it. So I just have to come to the idea, yeah, we can do it. We can do this. We can heal our thinking and be truly thankful and truly have virtue that is, is something that will, will be a real benefit to us, to those around us, and give God the glory for it, the recognition for it. That's what it is. Because that's where it comes from. Peace comes from God. I've tried to make peace a lot of different ways sometimes. (laughs) I don't always get the job done. God knows how to make peace. He's made peace. And he's offered it like this to us. Can we accept it? And the other point is, just as Jesus said to Martha, concerning the resurrection and and being alive even though you die, he asked her, can you believe it? Can you believe it? You have to believe this for it to be real. You have to believe it before it can be of any use to you. And it's true. But here's the thing. It's your choice. It's your choice. God has granted you the greatest gift in creation, and that would be the ability to choose between what is, what is God-ordained and what is ordained by a selfish idea of your own. We all have selfish ideas. But you know, when you know what God wants you to do, it makes you feel a little silly on the selfish ideas. We can't be thankful and selfish. I think the scriptures um, teach us. We wouldn't, there wouldn't be any Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day if it wasn't for the ideas that God has given us in his word. It wouldn't be. And nobody would be talking about it. It comes from God. 
So those are my comments today. I hope they're helpful. Oh, let's have our uh, closing song. Down at the cross. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.